At this time, we're going to dismiss our children to Children's Church. So if you have little kids who are pre-K through third grade, you can meet in the back for Children's Church. I would be remiss if I didn't thank all of our musicians this morning for the beautiful music. I love this time of year, and one of the things I love the most is singing all the Christmas carols and being reminded in song what a faithful God and Savior we have. What a good thing it is to praise the name of the Lord our God as we anticipate the first Christmas through these Christmas stories and songs. Well, we're going to continue to do that this morning by looking at the story of Joseph and the angel from Matthew chapter 1. We will be reading verses 18 through 25. This is God's Word. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh Lord our God, we thank you for this wonderful, miraculous story of your faithfulness and your grace. We ask simply that you would speak, for we, your servants, are listening. Hear our prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine this. You are directing the annual Pinewoods Christmas pageant. All the roles have been cast, all the lines have been memorized, all the sets have been built. You have Mary, you have Joseph, you have angels and shepherds and wise men. You even have a real-life baby Jesus. Not a plastic doll this year, a real flesh and blood Jesus for the Christmas pageant. And then, the night before the pageant, you get a phone call. Mary is sick, and so is her little brother, the angel Gabriel. What do you do? Do you cancel the Christmas pageant? Now, I guess you can always slide over angel number three into the role of Gabriel, but how do you have a Christmas pageant without Mary? More bad news. Baby Jesus is teething. He's crying. He's restless. He can't sit still. How are the shepherds supposed to sing Silent Night with a teething baby Jesus? It's supposed to be silent. It's in the name of the song. And forget about away in the manger. The song says, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. 
What do you do with a crying baby Jesus when he's supposed to be making no crying at all? Another phone call. One of the wise men, a teenager from the youth group, has lost his myrrh. Unless you can find some myrrh in the next 24 hours, the three wise men are going to be giving the baby Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and hand sanitizer. (laughs) You can't do a Christmas pageant without Mary. You can't do a Christmas pageant without the baby Jesus. You can't do a Christmas pageant without angels and shepherds and wise men or gold and frankincense and myrrh. You gotta have myrrh. Can you do a Christmas pageant without Joseph? How important is Joseph to the Christmas story? Now, you might have noticed this as we read the story together. Joseph doesn't have any lines. The whole story from Matthew's account is about Joseph and his encounter with the angel, but Joseph doesn't say anything at all. There are no Christmas carols about Joseph, ancient or modern. Nobody sings Joseph we have heard on high. Nobody ever sings Joseph, did you know? Even the little drummer boy gets a song, and he's not even a real character in the story. In case you're wondering, there is no little boy playing the drum with a pump a pump pum It's completely fictional. Okay, and he gets a song. Joseph is literally the unsung hero of the Christmas story. We don't know how old he was, maybe 18 or 19 years old, maybe older than that. We don't know anything about what he looked like. Was he tall? Was he short? Was he handsome? Was he not so handsome? Matthew tells us a little bit about what he was thinking but we know nothing about how he was feeling. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. How would you feel if the angel of the Lord appeared to you in a dream and told you that you were going to be the earthly father of the Son of God? No pressure, right? Wouldn't you have a million questions? Does Jesus need to go to school? Doesn't he know everything already? Would you teach Jesus Bible verses? Jesus wrote the Bible. The whole Bible is about him. Shouldn't he be teaching you? And if he does go to school, do you even need to pack him a lunch? I mean, couldn't he provide lunch for everyone in the school with like five loaves and two fishes? And what if he doesn't want to take a bath? The boy can walk on water. How, if the grave couldn't hold him, how are you going to keep him still? There's so many questions. And yet, here's what we do know. Joseph was an ordinary person who became an extraordinary person because he heard extraordinary news. The message of Christmas. And he believed. Months before the very first Christmas, the adoptive father of Jesus became an adopted son of Jesus. 
That's what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. How did it happen? How did Joseph change? How does a man without any songs become one of the heroes of Christmas? If you're taking notes this morning, here's our outline. First, we're going to see that Joseph was an ordinary person, just a regular person like any of us. Second, we'll we'll see that Joseph heard an extraordinary message, the message of Christmas, the message of the gospel. And finally, we'll see that Joseph's life changed because he believed. On the surface, this looks like a story about Joseph and the angel and doctrines like the virgin birth and the incarnation and the gift of salvation. It's about what God does to rescue sinful people. But deeper than that, below the surface, it's also about how people change. If we listen to the angel's voice, if we believe the good news of Christmas, our lives can change. Do you believe that? Joseph did, and as a result of his belief, he had the best Christmas ever. Let's take a closer look. Here's the first big idea. Joseph was an ordinary person. Joseph was not a traditional leading man. He was not an A-list Hollywood celebrity. He had no followers on Instagram. He was not an influencer of any kind. He was not a prophet. He was not a priest. He was not a king. He was not a Pharisee. He was not a Sadducee. Ironically, he's not even the most famous Joseph in the Bible. The most famous Joseph in the Bible had an amazing Technicolor dream coat. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a whole musical about the other Joseph, but not him. We do know from the story that Joseph was a working man. The Bible tells us that he was a carpenter. He was strong. He was skilled. He's probably a problem solver. If you've ever done any carpentry, you know that you have to do a little little bit of problem solving when you're doing carpentry. He probably did not have a formal education. Very few people in those days did have a formal education. He had, ties to, he had family ties to the city of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, but he lived most of his life in the city of Nazareth. Most scholars believe that he spent a lot of time on the road as a traveling carpenter because the city of Nazareth was so small. So he probably traveled to neighboring villagers working on construction projects as Jesus was growing up. If you had a father or a mother who was in the military and that father and mother was ever deployed, well then you know a lot about what Jesus' childhood was like. His dad was often gone during the week doing carpentry work in the neighboring villages. We know that Joseph was a family man. When we first meet Joseph in Matthew 1, we're told that he was betrothed to a woman named Mary. Some uh, translations render this engaged, but I think that betrothed is probably a better translation because you couldn't break a betrothal without a divorce. 
It was a very formal version of engagement. That's why later in the story, Matthew, sa- uh, Matthew tells us that Joseph was considering getting a divorce even though he was only engaged. They were betrothed. Later on in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, we learn that Jesus had a number of brothers and sisters. Two of them, James and Jude, wrote books of the Bible. None of them, interestingly enough, believed that Jesus was the Son of God until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After the first Easter, they all believed. Coincidence? I think not. Joseph loved his wife. He loved his kids. He was a family man. Joseph was also a godly man. Matthew tells us that he was kind, he was compassionate, he was moral without being moralistic. When Joseph found out that his wife Mary, that his soon-to-be wife Mary, that his engaged, betrothed wife Mary was pregnant, he resolved to divorce her quietly. Not loudly, not publicly, not vindictively. He wanted to honor the woman who had seemingly dishonored him. Joseph was was the godly man who raised the man who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Joseph was the man who raised the man who taught us to love our enemies. Joseph was the man who raised the man who healed the sick and raised the dead. Joseph was the man who raised the man who took our guilt and our shame on his shoulders. Some of us have godly parents, godly moms and godly dads. I do. All of us can be godly parents, like Mary and Joseph. Even if you don't have children of your own, you can adopt a child, either figuratively or literally, becoming a spiritual guide and mentor, teaching them the love of Jesus. That's that's who Joseph was, a family man. Joseph was also a courageous man. Now, most of my life, as I read this story, I assumed that Joseph was afraid of the angel. We read that the angel comes and says, do not be afraid. And so, I imagine seeing this great and glorious angel and being very afraid. In the Bible, angels were always very fearful creatures. That's why that they were always saying, fear not. It's not like in our popular culture. In our popular culture, angels tend to be very meek and mild individuals. People like Michael Landon or Della Reese or uh, John Travolta with a toupee or you know little babies playing harps and things. But they're actually very, very frightful creatures. Frankly, I think, based on the book of Hebrews, that we encounter angels all the time, but they appear to us in disguise so that we are not constantly afraid of the angels because they're such glorious creatures. But I also think that that's not what's happening here. I think that Joseph wasn't afraid of the angel of the Lord. I think he was afraid of getting married. The angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. Now, why would he be afraid? Because if he were to, marry, if he were to get married, Mary's disgrace would become his disgrace. 
She would be disgraced for presumably uh, being an unfaithful woman. And he would be disgraced for going through with the wedding. What would his friends say? What would his family say? What would the church say? Would, would he be rejected? Would he be excommunicated? Would he be shunned, cut off from his community? Verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It takes courage to believe the promises of God. It takes courage to see your situation in light of God's revelation. And so the question is, for all of us, where does courage like that come from? The answer is love. In 1 John 4, 18, we read, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Joseph loved Mary, Joseph loved God, and Joseph knew that God loved him. That was his superpower, love. It's your superpower too. Perfect love encourages us and gives us bold, confident faith. The love that God has shown us in Christ which is then fanned into flames by the love that we show to one another, the last and the least and the lost. In many ways, Joseph was an ordinary person, just like us, until God's love changed his life. Second big idea, Joseph heard an extraordinary message. Verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is born in her, conceived in her, is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The angel's message is earth-shattering. It's revolutionary. It is as earth-shattering and as revolutionary as the creation of the world. It's a little bit hard to see this in English, but if you were to read this in Greek, the word that we translate birth is actually the word genesis. This is a story about the new genesis, the new beginning, the genesis of Jesus Christ. The genesis of the one who will undo the sin that Adam had committed. The genesis of the one who will make us whole and complete again. That's the message of the birth of Jesus. 
Just as the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters in Genesis chapter 1, so also that same Holy Spirit overshadows Mary so that the child that is conceived in her is called Holy, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. As the Son of Mary, Jesus was and is fully human, As the Son of God, Jesus was and is fully divine. Jesus is one person with two natures, a human nature and a divine nature. He is 100% divine. He is 100% human. Jesus came to live the perfect human life, the life that we failed to live Jesus came to die the substitutionary death, the death that we deserved to die. His name is Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. He saves us from the wrath of God. He saves us from the curse of our sin. He saves us from guilt. He saves us from shame. He saves us from frustration. He saves us from futility. Futility. Jesus, Jesus, God saves. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us, with us in our sorrow, with us in our joy, with us when we're anxious, with us when we're confused, with us when we're frustrated, with us when we're eight years old and Christmas seems like it's a million years away. God with us. The, me- the message of Christmas is revolutionary because it challenges everything we think we know about God. Pastor David Platt once observed that most people believe that God is like a man sitting on top of a mountain. Christianity, it is supposed, is one road up that mountain, and Judaism is another road up the mountain, and Islam is another road up the mountain, and Hinduism is yet another road up the mountain. But in the end, we will all see God face to face because we're all taking different roads up the same mountain. And what's to say whether one path is any better than any other path? Here's what the angel is saying. Here's the revolutionary message of Christmas. The message that Joseph heard. Christmas means that we don't climb up the mountain. Christmas means that God came down the mountain. And that's good news because none of us could make it up the mountain any other way. If you try to climb the mountain on your own, apart from God's grace, you'll never make it. You will never see the face of God. The brilliant people can't make it on their own. The moral people can't make it without God's grace. The spiritual people cannot make it without Jesus. Nobody can make it unless Christmas is true. And it is. God came down the mountain. And his name is Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, 
God with us. That's the message that Joseph heard. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of God's grace. Here's the third big idea. The third big idea is this. Joseph's life changed because he believed. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph believed, and then he obeyed. He stayed with Mary. He didn't divorce her. And then he gave the the child the name Jesus, just like the angel had told him. God became part of his family. And he became part of God's family. He thought that he was adopting Jesus. But on a deeper level, Jesus was adopting him. When you believe the message of Christmas, you become part of God's family. And God becomes part of your family. Are you a part of God's family? Do you be- is, is God a part of your family? If you receive this child, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, as your King, as God with us, God will be with you forever. But that's not all. When you obey, you join this amazing adventure of faith. Because of Jesus, Joseph went places that he never thought that he would ever go. Obedience took him first to Egypt, a place that he'd never gone, and then to Nazareth, and then the pages of Scripture. There's a sense in which Joseph has, through the Bible traveled to every nation on this earth. There are little Josephs in little bathrobes in Uganda and Greece and China and Japan and Israel and Quebec and Germany and Mexico, all because Joseph obeyed God. All because Joseph said, I don't name this baby. This baby names me. Amazing. If you trust God, you will go places that you never thought you would go. And you will do things that you never thought that you would do. The Lord God, the God of all grace, the God who appeared to us in the flesh at Christmas will change your family tree. We have plenty of Christmas trees around this building, and I'm sure you all, I hope, have put up Christmas trees in your house. If not, time is ticking. They're running out. What if every time you looked at that Christmas tree, you thought, God has changed my family tree? I am not who I was. I have been made new I have been born again through the birth of the Son of God. That's the story of Joseph, the unsung hero of the Christmas story. He was an ordinary person, a person like you and me, who heard an extraordinary message, the message of Christmas. God 
is with us as our Lord and Savior. He believed. Do you believe? Let's go to God in prayer. O Lord our God, we thank you for Christmas and the wonder of the angel's message to Joseph. Thank you, Lord God, that you are not a God who stands far off, but that you are a God who is with us, not in judgment, but in mercy. Lord, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate further the goodness of your grace during this Christmas season, we pray, Lord, that we would be a light to our friends and neighbors and even, Lord God, our enemies, that all would see Jesus, that all would know the transformation, transformative power of your gospel. Hear our prayer, we pray in Jesus' matchless name. Amen.